You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're at your team every day. Today is Friday, July the 2nd of 2021. Thanks for tuning in today and every day you tune in. And thank you, and congratulations, I should say, actually, for making it to Friday. Another Friday down in this thing we call life, and I hope that you guys are having a wonderful Friday, despite having, I would assume, a pretty crappy Thursday after watching that Cardinal game that was delayed an hour, or 55 minutes anyways, and it ends up being um, a pretty poor, poor result for the St. Louis Cardinals. So... Before I get any further in the show, I'll tell you one of our sponsors today is Spotify Greenroom. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked-on rooms to get in on the action. That was a tough one last night. And I think that what this showed us is exactly what I talked about on the last couple shows. Maybe not yesterday because yesterday was more of a series preview with Paul Holden is that this team still isn't it. And I know that it's hard to judge a whole team off of one game, but it's not really hard to judge a team off of a trend. And the trend has been subpar offense. Even, you know, people can say, oh, you can't even score X amount of runs in Coors Field and blah, blah, blah. I don't look at Coors Field as a huge problem. I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks that you're going to score two runs at Coors Field, but I look at scoring zero to three runs a game being a problem. That's what I look at. So on today's show, I'll break down kind of what went wrong in yesterday's game, give a recap of that game, give my thoughts on it. You know, Paul, Paul and I yesterday kind of talked more about the general season. I'll talk more about the individual pitching matchups, and then as well give my thoughts on the All-Star game and the uh, starters that were announced last night on ESPN. But before I do, be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show anytime with questions, comments, or concerns at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Be sure to follow the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, and be sure to tell your smart device to play Locked On Cardinals. So yesterday went pretty well for the most part from the pitching standpoint for at least one pitcher. Adam Wainwright continues to absolutely dominate and continues to defy father time. His final line, eight innings, six hits, two earn, a walk, four punch-outs, the one home run being the blemish, being the difference maker. Really, the, the two home runs that the Rockies hit ended up being the big difference maker for this game. One in the second, one in the ninth. But, I mean, Adam Wainwright just continues continues to be flat-out dominant. Okay, maybe dominant's a bit of a stretch, but his maybe over the course of a season, he'll be good to really good. But in a start, he can be absolutely dominant. It's like that old, I think it was a Toby Keith song, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Holy cow, can Wainwright bring it? Because, I mean, yeah, over the course of the year, he's gone... Six and five, a three four nine ERA, ninety six punch outs, one hundred two thirds of an inning, and sixteen starts. That's pretty good. That's not terrible. That's pretty good. Sadly, it's the best the Cardinals have to offer from a starting pitching standpoint. But you look at some of these individual starts that he's put together: seven innings, one earned run, ten strikeouts against Washington. Complete game loss, two earned, eight strikeouts against the Phillies. 
Eight and a third shutout baseball against the Rockies back in May with five punch-outs and three walks. Eight shutout innings against Chicago Cubs on Sunday night baseball with seven strikeouts. Seven innings of two-run ball against the Indians with six punch-outs. Seven innings, one-run baseball against the Braves with 11 punch-outs. And then we'll go to last night, eight innings, two earned, four punch-outs. I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to mix in some bad starts there. One against the Cincinnati Reds, one against the San Diego Padres, couple, another one against the Nationals that wasn't very good, one against the Mets. I get it. But again, he's been the most consistent starting pitcher on this team. And I think that that says, not to take anything away from Wainwright's dominance, Wainwright's success, but that says more about the lack of pitching behind him than it does necessarily about his strength. He was good last night. He wasn't striking out the world. He didn't need to be. He induced a couple different double plays. One of them to get out of a really, uh, I think it was first first and third situation or second and third situation, and another one that was a, a comebacker back to him late in the game to keep the game tied. He worked around two airs behind him, O'Neill and DeYoung. So again, even though Wainwright was on the road, which statistically speaking has not been good to him this year, even though his last two road starts have been really good. But on the road overall, even with those two good starts, his ERA is still above five on the road. Opponents hitting 260 against him and at home. Two and a half ERA with a 205 opponent batting average, a whip under one. The problem comes in is to say, how long can you really continue to rely solely on Adam Wainwright as a starting pitcher? I don't know the exact answer, but I would say it's not very long. This team needs starting pitching help. You're not going to get Jack Flirty back until August. You might not get Miles Michaelis back until September. You got to do something to improve this team. And I've, we've all been saying this for a very long time. But this team needs improvements in just about every single area. Yeah, they swept the Diamondbacks. That was great. That was wonderful. Woohoo. They scored seven runs in two games. And I know, you know, you got to give credit to where credit's due. I did on Wednesday's show. Because, yes, a sweep is a sweep no matter how bad the team you're sweeping is. Period. The problem came in is to. When people started saying or when people start thinking, okay, that sweep means that this team isn't as bad as they have been. No, that just that sweep just means they're better than the Diamondbacks, who have been a historically bad team this season. But anyways, back to the game yesterday. Wayne Knight was phenomenal. Before I get into Giovanni Gallegos, let's talk offense. Just about yesterday's game, and then in segment two, we'll get more broad. Carlson 0 for 4 from the top. Arenado 0 for 4 in his debut. That was really tough to see. Arenado popped up twice, struck out once. And I just, maybe the moment, I hate to say the moment got the best of the nine-year veteran, but I just think the emotions got the best of him. I mean, he was tearing up. And we saw the same thing with Colton Wong and his return to St. Louis on opening day. You know, it's an emotional thing to come back to the franchise that, for lack of a better phrase, raised you. It was really emotional and powerful to see the Rockies fan base give him the ovation that he deserved because he didn't get the send-off. Granted, he was traded. But still, get him an ovation that he deserves. That was awesome to see. But offensively, Antonio Sensatella shut down the Cardinals' offense. Seven innings, seven hits, two earned, five punch-outs on a home run given up. His ERA was lowered down to 4.58. Talking to Paul Holden on yesterday's show, if you missed it, he said he expected good things from Sensatella. You know, the numbers aren't great, but he expected decent things from him. Good, lively fastball, and that's exactly what we saw. It's just unfortunate that he pitched better than his ERA. 
And he, on his career, hasn't had an extremely good ERA. His ERA has only been under 4 one time. That was in 73 innings last season. And you look at his game logs coming into the action. He had two earned against the Brewers in five innings, four earned against the Brewers in six innings, five earned against the Reds in six innings. Both NL Central teams hitting Sensatella a lot better. And again, two of those starts are on the road in which this team, the Rockies, is a really bad team on the road. But still, the offense left a lot to be desired, and I'll get more into it in segment two. But just one more quick note before I do finish up the pitching and finish up this first segment. Harrison Bader came back yesterday, 0-4, a strikeout. Strikeout in a big, big, pretty big key situation. Easy on the Bader hate. He was... he. There was a stretch when he first came off the aisle the first time that he was hitting pretty well. And then there was a stretch that he wasn't. But I said then, and I'll say now, patience with the results. You have to give it at least a week and a half. Give him to the all-star break before you judge success, no success on this return. Because he did hit pretty well in his first short stint after the injury. He did. So that was my last thing offensively. Pitching-wise... Gallegos just can't walk anybody. Got the first two outs, looked really good. Walked two men, got two strikes on the last batter. On Diaz, and hangs a slider. That ball was center cut, spinner, cement mixer. That ball did nothing. And it was blasted. Can't walk anybody. Walks come around to hurt you every single time. Devastating loss last night. At least a tough one, if not devastating. So Cardinals now have to take the series. They have to at least, you know, they're going to have to take a series to earn a 500 mark going into the San Francisco Giants series. So I'll talk offense, talk about the rest of the series coming up next. And then in a little bit, I'll be sure to tell you about my thoughts and feelings on Nolan Arenado being named the NL All-Star starting third baseman. All that and more coming up here in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut pouches that give you the same packed dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without the tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry, white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Cardinals listeners a special offer right now. You can try for just $1. That's right, $1. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code Locked On. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the promo code Locked On at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com. This team struggles offensively. I don't think that there's any, any, any secret to that. You look at June, you look at the the run totals. Let's just look at the last week's worth of games before the Diamondbacks series. Two runs against the Pirates. Three against the Pirates. Four against the Pirates. Two against the Pirates. Two against the Tigers. Two against the Tigers. Zero in game two against the Braves. And yeah, nine in one game. Cardinals scored more than four runs. More than four, so not four getter, more than four runs, once, twice, three times. 
four times, five times, six times. Six times in a month, the Cardinals scored more than four runs. Seven against the Reds on the sixth. Eight against the Indians on the ninth. Five against the Cubs on the 11th. Nine against the Braves on the 20th. And then the two seven-run outings on the 29th and 30th against the Diamondbacks. More than five runs, excuse me, more than four runs, six times in a month. That can't happen, period. That can't happen especially against that schedule. When the Cardinals played a playoff team only five times. And you could argue that maybe seven times if Cleveland gets into the playoffs. But at the time of playing them, the Cardinals played a playoff team just five times. And the Cubs now aren't even in a playoff position. So really only two times with how the current uh, playoff scenarios are. That just can't happen. And you look more, you look deeper than just runs scored. Okay, weighted runs created plus. Uh, the, the, the baseline for this is 100. That's the average. The Cardinals are 26th in Major League Baseball with an 87 weighted runs created plus. Basically, how much offense are you producing for your team? If it's under 100, that's not great. If it's at 83, which is what the Cardinals are at, that's not good. 87, beg your pardon. Strikeout percentage. This team's actually not bad at striking out. 26th in strikeout percentage, um, but only at 22%. Only four teams have a lower strikeout percentage, hitting-wise. So that's not terrible. Walk percentage-wise, they only walk 8% of the time, which is not good. Now let's get into the basics. Average, on-base, slugging. Yeah, I get there are more things to just this. But average, Cardinals are 27th in the league with a 226 batting average. You would have thought they would have gotten better since the sticky stuff. They have not gotten, they haven't really gotten better or worse. They've really just stayed the same. Let's look at on-base percentage. I mentioned this team doesn't walk a whole lot. 28th in on-base percentage, 299 for the year. And let's look at good old slugging. Cardinals sit at 26th in the league at a 376 team slugging percentage. I'll go one more category for you to show you just how bad the Cardinals offense is. That is war. This is team war, so not just pitching, but team war of 6.8. And that is good for 21st in the major leagues. I saw somebody tweeted out there, I, I, I beg your pardon, but I feel like I saw somewhere that if the Brewers go 50, or no, if the Brewers go 40 and 40, so basically if the Brewers go 500, the Cardinals have to go 50 and 30 for the rest of the season. And as I say that, I found who tweeted that out. It's at the Redbird Way on Twitter, uh, tweeting out, if the Brewers go 40 and 40 in their remaining game, St. Louis would have to go 50 and 30 to surpass them. And he had a, another uh, another little commentary there of how bleeped the Cardinals season would be. But nevertheless, shows you how close we are, if not past, based on how you're looking at this, the close go to the point of no return. And I'm not trying to be a fake fan or be whatever, but at some point you've got to look at the, at the facts. This team is not hitting, period. This team is not hitting, period. 
Maybe they need a new center fielder. Maybe they need a new shortstop. Maybe they need a second baseman. Edmund had a triple last night, but he's not really cutting it out a whole lot. I this team's not hitting. That, that, that's the bottom line. And yeah, Jeff Albert has a target on his back and he might be used as a scapegoat and all these things when maybe this team just isn't very good. It's not 100% on Jeff Albert. But maybe he's the one that, that the Cardinals use as kind of a, like I said, a scapegoat to kind of shake things up and mix things up. So they're just not hitting. So let's, let's see how the Cardinals can come back from this. Let's see what the rest of the series looks like. 7-10 Central first pitch tonight. Cardinals send Johan Oviedo to the mound to face Chichi Gonzalez. Chichi Gonzalez is five and two and five rather, with a 5-8-1 ERA and 41 punchouts. Oviedo is 0-4, still looking for that first big league win. 5-2-3 ERA. He had a couple good starts in there, and you thought maybe things were turning up for him, and then he had a couple of bad starts in there. So you don't know what you're going to get from Johan Oviedo. A question mark. And that's the big problem with this Cardinals rotation that I've said once, I've said it a thousand times. Way too many question marks rely. I'm sorry, the Cardinals are relying on way too many question marks in the starting rotation. In the starting rotation, I mentioned Oviedo had a good start. He had a couple of good starts in there. He had good stuff early against the Cubs on the 11th. He had seven shutout innings against the Marlins, and then since then he really hasn't put anything together. Six runs, two of them are in three and two-thirds innings against the Tigers, and then five earned four innings against the Pirates. And in that start, he walked four batters. So if Oviedo can not walk anybody, or limit the walks even, just limit the walks, then I've got confidence. It's a huge if, though, because again, question mark. Cardinals play on Saturday night as well. 8-10 Central, the first pitch there. Cardinals sending Wade LeBlanc to the mound to face Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland was once an all-star, thought to be the future of the franchise from a pitching standpoint. Well, he has not really come together like the Cardinals, or like the Rockies, rather, would have thought. He's 1-2 and two with an ERA of 6.54 on the season. Seven starts, 31 and two-thirds of an inning. I mean, this is a guy in 2018 was 17-7, a 2.85 ERA in 200 innings, struck out 173 batters. Since then, he's had an ERA of 6.73 and 19, 4.33 last year in 70 innings, and now he's got an ERA of 6.54 this season. Lefty Cardinals might hit lefties a little bit better, especially if you turn Carlson and Edmund around, which they will be turning around because they'll be facing a left-handed pitcher. But Freeland coming off a pretty good start against the Pirates, who went through five shutout innings. He also threw six innings of one-run ball against the Mariners in his start before that. But those have really been his only two good starts this year. Um, coming, he was injured for the month of uh, April. His first start was on May 25th. So, you know, maybe Cardinals can get, get to the lefty at home. But Wade the blanc has got to be good again. He's got to be sharp. Hopefully he stretched out to go a little bit longer. And then uh, on July 4th, Independence Day, the Cardinals play an afternoon game over in Colorado. First pitch there is 2:10 Central Time, which the Cardinals send out Carlos Martinez and the Rockies send out Herman Marquez. That has the potential, the potential, to be a really good pitching matchup. If Martinez is on and if Marquez pitches like he did on Monday, or Tuesday rather, when he almost threw a no-hitter against the Pirates, that could be really good. 
also could be really bad. So offensively, Cardinals are facing Chichi Gonzalez, who has an ERA north of five. They're facing Kyle Freeland, who has an ERA north of six. And they're facing Herman Marquez, who's really good. He has an ERA below four, and he's by far the best pitcher, best starting pitcher on the Rockies team right now. Even with two of the three having bad numbers, this is an uphill battle for the offense because the offense is as bad as it is. So, you know, I have constant conversations with some of you on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, um, at Matthew Hunter, uh, 1128 has been talking to me this whole series. And he said, what's your prediction for the rest of the series? This series is a hard one to predict just because it's Colorado. Maybe you, you would think in your head that the offense would be a little bit better because of the, you know, the Coors effect, if you will. But... I was coming in here hoping three to four, but I also predicted a, you know hoping for three to four, expecting a, a split. And I think somehow the Cardinals come away with a split. I, uh, it's hard to predict which ones, but I think that they do win two out of the next three and earn a serious split in a four-game series. And you know, in the Cardinals' situation, you would like to see a sweep, obviously, or at least three out of four. But as a road team facing a team that plays good at home, like the Rockies do. You know, a split isn't the, the end of the world. It's not good. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, just to, to show you, the Rockies are 6-31 and 31 away from Coors Field and 29-16 and 16 at Coors Field. So, this team is a different team at home. So, a split isn't the worst possible thing. Somewhat positive. But nevertheless, so I'm predicting a split. I think the Cardinals win two of the next three, but then split the four-game set. So that'll do it for segment two. This offense is bad to kind of sum up the segment, and this offense needs to turn it around quickly. Um, wrap up segment two. Segment three, I'll kind of get into the All-Star, um, my reaction to the All-Star team, and as well as talk about Nolan Arenado and kind of what that means for this trade. So all that coming up in just a minute. The best-tasting protein bar in the market. What is it? Oh, that's right. It's Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited-time flavor. And all of us Built Bar fans are passionate about our favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. My favorite is the double chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, don't worry. Get yourself a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. They're all covered in chocolate. So they're all pretty good taste, and you know that. Just because they're covered in chocolate doesn't mean they're not healthy. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. A couple flavors have just a little bit more calories, 180, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, but you also get 18 grams of protein in those flavors. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So get yourself an order today by going to BuiltBar.com. If you're not enticed enough, I got a promo code for you. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your first order. One more time, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also track the latest news, odds, and info for NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, 
on mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. So if you deposit 100 bucks, enter the promo code Locked On, you'll get an extra $50. Promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA, or not NBA, the MLB All-Star teams were announced, or the starters, I guess I should say, were announced on ESPN last night, and the Cardinals have a starter. Just one. Uh, it is not, Yadier Molina does not get the, the nod starting catching position, and to be honest, I don't mean, not trying to be a, a whatever guy here, but Yadier probably doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. Nevertheless, let's go through the rosters or the starters on both sides. Salvador Perez, the Royals catcher, is the AL starter behind the dish. Buster Posey on the National League side. First base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the AL. Freddie Freeman gets the nod at first base, even though Max Muncie probably got snubbed there a little bit. Second base, Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays for the AL. Adam Frazier, a former, or I'm sorry, a Pittsburgh Pirate. Might be former by the time the trade deadline hits. Gets a start at second base. Third base, Rafael Devers for the AL side. And your St. Louis Cardinal, Nolan Arenado, is the NL starter. Shortstop, Xander Bogart for the Red Sox. And Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres gets the NL nod. The outfield for the American League, Mike Trout. I've got a hot take. Not hot take, but I've got an interesting take on this. Aaron Judge and Teoscar Hernandez get the starting nod there. Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker get the nod for the National League. Before I get into Nolan Arenado, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Mike Trout, who is one of the best players in all of baseball, if not the best, should not be starting the All-Star game. Should not have been voted as a starter for the All-Star game. I'm sorry, he shouldn't be. He's on the 60-day injured list. Won't even be eligible until after the All-Star break anyways. Now that said, his numbers are incredibly good. He's got batting 333. He's hit eight home runs, driven in 18, slugging 624, an OPS of over 1,000. He's got a two-war. But I'm j- my, my only thing is, yes, I, I'm, I'm okay if he makes the, All-Star team to, makes the All-Star team, gets the selection and all that stuff. That, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But to be And again, he won't start because he's going to be replaced, period. But I just thought it was odd that the fans voted him, voted him, voted him in, excuse me, since he won't be eligible until after the All-Star break anyways. And the last game he played was on May 17th. He hasn't played a game since May 17th. He had one at-bat in that game. So I I thought that was odd. But anyways, to the main event, Nolan Arnauto. I think this just, you know, just puts a cherry on top for, for this trade. You know, if there were any doubts the Cardinals had not won this trade, then there are no doubt there and there are no doubts now. I mean, Colorado's paying him $50 million. Cardinals are getting him free for a season. Cardinals didn't give up much to get him, and now he's a starting third baseman on the NL All-Star team in his first year in St. Louis. And I get the trades take a long time, and who knows, maybe the prospects the Cardinals did give up end up being all-worldly-like type talents. I doubt it, but who knows. But nevertheless, in 80 games for St. Louis, 
332 plate appearances. Arenado slash line of 263, 316, 507. That's good for an OPS of 823. He's got 16 home runs, 52 RBI, so he's on pace for 32 and 104. That's pretty good to me. 24 doubles, so he's on pace for 48 doubles. You know, if you just take it basically times two for there. I think that this is the the right person to get it. I, you know, Chris Bryant isn't even the third baseman. Justin Turner had a thought that that was you know a worthy competitor, but Fernando Arnado to be a starter on the All Star team is pretty poetic. Not only just because he's going to be starting in his first year in St. Louis, but because he's going to be starting in his first year in St. Louis, playing in Coors Field. Storylines galore for Nolan Arenado. Hopefully that's not too big of a, a distraction. But I'm running a little bit long on time, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Congratulations to all the All-Star starters and uh, a future congratulations to anybody named to the All-Star team um, in the next two weeks or so. So be sure to follow this podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and on Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Follow podcasts on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to Locked On Today. Today they're locked on the Milwaukee Bucks, um, who stepped up without Giannis uh, to take a 3-2 lead over the Atlanta Hawks. Get more new sports news in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Be sure to email the show with any questions, comments, or concerns at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Uh, no show tomorrow. Uh, no show for Sunday, so I'll talk to you again on Monday. And when I do talk to you again, be sure to stay safe. Stay well and have a fantastic day.